0: Hey, I'm Maria Spiralis and I hate rushing. It never yields good things to rush, whether it's rushing to finish a client project or rushing to put on eyeliner. But when we have 10,000 things on our minds at any given moment, it's hard not to fall into that habit had a lot of very specific technical training in my life, hello music school and law school, but none of that training prepared me for being a business owner, a lawyer, a wife, a mom, or really just a functional adult woman with a huge to-do list. I'm no guru, but I created Don't Rush Me as a way to talk more about the slow, simple tools you can start using today to make your life and business life a little easier. So whether you're a healer, a coach, or a business owner, a professional craving that slowdown, come with me as we learn about the small, easy things that can make a huge difference in your mind, body, or business. If you've ever struggled with how to manage your day-to-day stress, or you've had some kind of lingering pain or tension in the body, you've had trouble focusing, listen closely. Today... I'm talking to Samantha Schmuck from Revived Living, and what it all comes down to is stress. So we're simplifying it down to stress, stress and inflammation, and how stress affects our bodies, and the simple, easy things that we can do right away, right now, today, without any fancy tools or apps or gadgets to help ease stress in our bodies. Sam is a holistic life coach with an emphasis on stress management. And she knows so much about this about mind and bodily stress. She went from this kind of rigid gymnastic training to well, I'll let you I'll let her tell you about her evolution into dance and then low impact movement. But I was so fascinated by this conversation with Sam. And before I talked to Sam, I kind of wandered over to my little basket of goodies and I I wanted to pick a crystal just to kind of have with me for this conversation. And I picked citrine. So before we hear from Sam, here's a little holistic, somatic, spiritual history lesson on citrine. Citrine is derived from the French word citron, which means lemon. And that's of course because of its color you'll notice a lot of times citrine is kind of yellowish or like a brownish yellow or grayish yellow if such a color exists you will know it when you see it but in ancient times this is according to american gem society people thought that citrine or citrine quartz as it's sometimes called could calm tempers it could soothe anger it could manifest desires and especially manifest prosperity So Egyptians used citrine as talismans. Ancient Greeks used to carve iconic images into them. And the Romans, Roman priests, would create rings out of citrine. Citrine is known as the light maker, and it's especially good for attracting wealth and success and giving you a boost of confidence to go after what you want. This is according to Energy Muse. At the end of the day, it's a crystal to uplift your spirit, bring more positivity and happiness into your life with that lemony, beautiful, yellowish color. Hope you enjoyed that history lesson. Now, here's my conversation with holistic life coach, intuitive movement guide, my dear friend, Samantha Schmuck. It's so exciting because I never get to be the one that pushes record. <laughs> and now here we are. Rarely <laughs> on this side, so it yes. is very fun. Great. Well, hi, Sam. Hello. I am so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to talk about just, you know, finding ease in our day. But for everyone, you know, as a reminder, Sam is a holistic life coach. She, with kind of an emphasis on stress management and moving stress through, especially as you, you know, there's this this exercise that I've done before where it's like, if you think of something stressful, where do you feel it in your body? And I know that you help, you help us to, pinpoint that and help to move it and move our bodies so that, so that the stress, you know, can move
1: right? Absolutely. Yay. Thank you for bringing me on to chat about this because I mean, stress is one of the constants that we have in our life and there can be low level everyday stress, like people cutting you off in traffic, your boss, not giving you the time of day, your spouse, like being consumed in something and kind of being short with you. Like there's so many like stressors that like can be in any Area, let alone our food, our products, big life changes, deaths in the family. Like there's a whole spectrum that is the world of stress. And if we just keep barreling through our life, really just trying to keep checking off the to do list, once I get to the end of this, then I'll be able to feel X. It's like that, that equation never really pans out well for us. Yes.
0: And I just learned from you the other day. I mean, stress can literally cause inflammation. Can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah. So if you think of uh, health in general is extremely overwhelming as well as nutrition, like it's one of the most debated sciences. And so when people are trying to get healthy, usually we go to diet and exercise first. Um, But there's so much to learn there. There's so much to break down that I always try to just tell people, if you're wanting to really simplify things it all boils down to stress. Cause when we're stressed, we activate our nervous system. Then our nervous system becomes overburdened and we can start to create inflammation in our body. So it's like stress and inflammation. Like those are the two fire starters that cascade all dis-ease processes to be built off of them. And so it's like, okay, if we can mitigate our stress, we're at least helping our nervous system keep some of that energy and some of that bandwidth to handle the other things like our body is handling so many processes Mm -hmm. all the time to digest our food to breathe for our heart to go for our blood pressure to stay in balance for the sodium the calcium like all of these processes to stay in this really like minute range like for our blood it has to stay in such a delicate ph balance and if it gets slightly outside of that like we're done (laughs) and so our body has like such precious Things that it has to keep track of on an everyday basis. And if we're just allowing these everyday stressors to just overwhelm us and overburden us, we're taking some of the energy away that the body could be focusing on those things, healing, repairing, etc. Stress and inflammation in the body is like a fire. And so our body is like, oh my gosh, fire alarm. Divert all of this energy and focus to that fire. And it makes it difficult for us to continue to heal and repair and do the everyday things that it's used to.
0: Mm, So, so good. And so, I mean, especially as business owners, right? We, I mean, everyone has different fires that they're putting out of course, and different stresses, but as business owners, I feel like we've just come to this place where we kind of accept that stress is part of our day and that, you know, Oh, this is stressful, but I'm just going to like barrel through it. And That can be detrimental, right? So if you have one like go-to when it comes to, you know, we're running a business, we want to barrel through it, but instead of barreling through it, what's step one? What's something that someone can take away and say, okay, next time I'm like just trying to get through my whole to-do list and rushing through it and letting that stress like build up, what can we do instead? How can we check in? How can
1: we, we diffuse it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love the diffuse. <laughs> that literally <laughs> might be one of my my favorite things to do with people. Is like when they come in in a really chaotic state, a really stressed out state. It's like I'm I'm having this thought as you ask the question. I was like, wow, I do really love that part. Is taking someone who's in just like a crazy stressed out state and helping them feel that groundedness again. Like, oh. Okay, I didn't think I was able to get there again. So I love the diffuse, diffuse <laughs> um, and diffuse. I love <laughs> I was like man, my brain can go in so many paths. <laughs> so I'm glad you were there too. To me, when you were speaking that out, one of the biggest things is is when we are trying to barrel through. Like, even when Maria was just describing that, like. Where did you go in your own body? Like when you were picturing how your current workload is, how you approach your week and you're, and you were imagining like, wow, yeah, I'm that person barreling through. Like, how did it feel in your body? That's the first place to start because in order to diffuse, you have to be aware and to recognize that you're even in that state, if you don't recognize it, you can't change it. You can't be a choice. So that is literally the number one thing is starting to build awareness of your thoughts, of the feelings, the sensations in your body, because that is all information that's helping guide you. When you are feeling stressed out, your stomach is in knots, your shoulders are so tight and rigid. You've got a headache, your eyes twitching. That is information for you to say, what is going on right here? Do I want to, does this feel good? And do I want to stay in this state? And if the answer is no, you have a choice point. And so the next thing to do to help you diffuse it is to come into your breath because our breath is one of the things that helps act as that bridge to help us get out of our head and into our body and to start to um, decompress the nervous system. So, when we are in that barrel through, we're in the sympathetic fight or flight response, cortisols pumping, adrenaline's pumping, all of the things. And when we can take that deep breath, when we can get into our belly, all of a sudden we start to activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is going to be like, oh, okay. All of a sudden you have, you know, you take, it's like when you were in that barrel through, you had blinders on, you couldn't see anything outside the to-do list. And when you take that deep breath, you just kind of widen up the blinders a little bit to see things even a little bit more different too.
0: Hmm. And can you, this is like a mini science lesson. Can you tell us parasympathetic nervous system? What is that?
1: Yes, yes, yes. So we said what the sympathetic is. The parasympathetic is the opposite. And it is the rest or digest as it is usually referred to. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, and it's like a light switch, you cannot, you have one or the other, you cannot have both going at the same exact time. And so what's unfortunate is in our society, majority of us stay in that sympathetic state because We don't know any different. We don't really know that we can tap into this other side or the importance of the other side. Well, everything feeds into it too, not to interrupt you, but
0: like social media, hello. Like in an unsuspecting moment, you can be watching, you know, someone's dog or baby one second and the next second you scroll and it's like, whoa, like you see something (laughs) that's just, I hate to say triggering, but you know what I'm saying? You know, something that just
1: activates you and all of a sudden you're in fight or flight. It's so true. And right. It it can be in the most unsuspecting moment. And for a lot of people, that's when they're laying in bed in the morning, they turn off their alarm and they're like, art, their alarm is their phone. And then their thumb does that like little thing where it's just like, oh, what are all the apps that I'm used to going to? (laughs) And it just starts, starts the habit, right? It's used to doing that every day for how many years at this point. And so all of a sudden you're in bed in that like beautiful in between sleep, wake stage. And you do, you get blindsided with something, something that happened last night in the world in the news, and you had no idea about it because you were in dreamland. And then you wake up and you just get smacked by it and your whole system is rocked. And so when we have our sympathetic activated, which happens when we get blindsided, when we get on our phone first thing in the morning, when we get yelled at, like, It's supposed to help us run away from lions and bears and tigers and to keep us alive (laughs) and to put all of the energy and blood flow into our arms and legs. So we can literally like fight or run away. That's what it is. Like, it's so funny how evolved and how advanced we are as humans, but how archaic our actual operating system still is. And it gets tricked a lot by our modern world. And so it can't distinguish between someone cutting you off in traffic, your boss yelling at you from a true life or death scenario. And so you get sideswiped. Sympathetic is activated. And if you don't diffuse it, you will stay in that state and little itty bitty things will keep activating you and staying there. And that makes it really difficult for one to digest your food. And so if you are someone who is always stressed and you always have an upset belly you always feel bloated and like things just don't sit right after you eat it's because they don't work together you cannot be stressed and digest your food at the same point because Mm. all of your body's energy is focused into your arms and legs and your head versus in parasympathetic that's rest digest your food sleep like that's where the energy is focused there wow that makes so much sense Right. But we're not really like overly taught that. And especially when it comes to dieting and different things, like we're taught all these like really quick fixes, but what if you just had to take a couple deep breaths before you ate and you would just more optimally fully digest it and actually get the n- nutrients from it? What if you literally cannot
0: eat your lunch at your desk because you can't respond to a client issue or be working on something where you're intently focusing on something
1: and digest your food?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and like half chewing it. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're just like, get it down. It's just calories. It's so much more.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so fascinating. Okay. So our breath, I mean, that's the easiest you don't have to leave, you know, you don't have to go on a walk. It's not weather dependent. You don't need a special tool or gadget. It's literally just number one, like you said, awareness. So Mm -hmm. noticing that you're in that state and then
1: coming back to your breath. And when you can do that, you mentioned it earlier, like, where are you feeling it in your body? Because I feel like when we're in our head, everything is numb and like, conglomerated together, where when you actually start to get into your body, like you can feel the nuance between your shoulders, your leg pain, um, back pain, like all of a sudden you can start to feel into all these different areas of your body and see the subtle differences. But when you're just spinning in your head, like you don't have access to that information down there. I mean, you have access to it, but you're just not aware of it at that point. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, let's talk
0: about movement because I know that that is a passion of yours, right? And I wanna, I wanna get into. You can tell us some of your story, and I, and I, and I really wanna know. You know, where is it that movement came in? Rather, where you got this idea of using movement to fight stress?
1: Juicy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so for me, um, I grew up as a competitive gymnast. And so movement, like my mom put me into gymnastics because she just called me a monkey. Like I would climb over furniture and like, Mm -hmm. I would just be doing all of this stuff. And she's like, what do I do with her? Mm -hmm. And so we, she put me into a rec class and within like two or three classes, I was on the competitive team. And that was my whole life for about seven years until I started to get inflammation in my body. And I will say, In those seven years, I pushed down so many emotions and gymnastics is a very, very stoic sport and you don't show that you're in pain, especially to your coaches and also in my household growing up. Communication and emotions were not necessarily part of the education. Um, It was not two strengths of my parents. They definitely did the best that they could do with what they had, but I didn't learn those tools from them growing up. And so when I started to get this inflammation in my body, long story, traveled to all these doctors, nobody could find any answers for me. And they eventually told me just just to quit the sport. Hopefully, when my growth plates closed, the inflammation would end, everything would be groovy. And that just couldn't be further from the story. And I was left kind of to my own devices around 13. And recession started happening soon after. So there's like so many layers to this. But I was really just like, in it for a long time, just not knowing where to go, where to turn to. And I went through not only the physical pain of the inflammation, but the emotional pain of having lost my identity, all of these things. And for me, like movement was the only way that I knew how to express myself because it was this conversation with me and my body and the explosive energy that I felt within. So if I was feeling angry, I would go for the hardest sprint of my life and I would channel my, because emotions are energy. And so I would channel the energy. I wouldn't call it that back then. It was just like, oh, there's this really intense feeling, but I would really channel energy through my movement. And when all of a sudden that got taken away, like I was just so lost and I did not know how to express myself. I didn't know how to talk. So for me to be on podcasts and do the things that I do <laughs> it was so funny because I was so shy. Like if I was in a group of people and I tried to speak up, like my voice was so soft that like no one heard me and everyone just kept talking. And then I'd be embarrassed. I'm like, oh my gosh, no one cares what you have to say. Mm-hmm. And like whole internal experience yes. going on, but fast forward till when I was about 19, because in those many years of depression, anxiety, self-harm, suicidal thoughts, all the things like it was a very fine line of me not being here today. And by the time I was 19, it was like, okay, I know I'm going to stay. I'm, I'm not going that path. I'm not taking my life, but I don't know how to take care of myself in a healthy way. Like everything that I know to do to make it through is extremely destructive. And then I just pretend like it didn't happen and just go on. I have a panic attack. I destroy my room. Whoop. didn't happen. Like we clean it up and we just pretend we're good now. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. There's some polar opposite. Processing that didn't happen there. Some huge processing. So. 19 decided I've got to have a new way. And I was like, how do I do this? Like movement is my language. And fun fact, like movement is all of our first languages. <laughs> we are moving in the belly. We respond to sounds and different mm, things. That's so true. Right. Like when you start thinking about it, it's like, wow, that is our first form of language. When you have two kids, like the second one, sometimes tends to crawl quicker because they're trying to catch up with their older sibling and they're modeling all of these things. That's all, they don't have words, but they can try to model through movement. And so I had started doing tango when I was 14. And that was a way my mom saw like, okay, we're watching Dancing with the Stars. And this girl needs movement. Like I had tried, I tried so many sports after gymnastics, and my body just couldn't do any of them. And so tango and um, ballroom dance was something that my body could handle low impact movement. And so I had started to learn a gentler, version of movement versus my very um rigid gymnastic self. And so it was starting to take that into mind of like okay like I have this passion now too that I'm also excited about and I had just like a huge love of music all throughout um my teenage years like definitely like raged to some dashboard confessional in my Oh um, yes, yes, yes. It's <laughs> like, like wailing my heart out. And so I was like, okay, like if music really could be such a crutch for me back then when I couldn't move, what will it be like when I can move? And so I started to merge really gentle movement, stretching, dancing um, with music and what I was going through emotionally at the time. And at that point too, because I had such bad depression, I really just like cut off emotion. I was like, I can't feel this if I'm going to survive. And so that was beautiful coping mechanism in the moment, but it made me so numb to life and I couldn't feel the really bad anymore, which was amazing, but I also couldn't feel the really good anymore. And so one of the first kind of tactics of like, why did I go into this was I wanted to feel again and I didn't know how to. And so I was like, okay how do I, how do I do this? And so I was like, I love music. I have this background of of movement slash dance a little bit. And um, I was like, okay, imagine I wrote the song. How would I feel if I was the person singing this right now? If I was the person that wrote this, like how would I have felt? And so I just really tried to put myself into the shoes of the singer songwriter and like allow myself to start to tap into those emotions that have become so blocked off and that that was the uh, the beginning it's almost method
0: acting I, I I like sort of like on a tangent know that what method acting is all about but it's kind of that right but but yeah. different
1: yeah like it, it is funny because it's like <laughs> the way that I would describe it because I don't have the acting background that you do is I would describe it as interpretive dance yeah, because yeah. you're like hearing the lyrics and it's like and then he looked and then you like make a like a looking <laughs> So you're like, just like, like roll call, or what is it when it's like, call, in, call an answer or call, call an an answer? Song. Yep. Um, it's kind of like that of like, you hear the music building. Mm-hmm. So you try to mirror that in your body and you hear a lyric. And like, as you hear the lyrics start to be said, you're like, how can I move with that right now? Like, not after it. Like, how can I move as it says it, even if you don't really know the song? So that way, again, It forced you to get out of your head and not move the way you thought you had to move to it, but truly like an adventure of like full exploration, full curiosity. And then just seeing like, how do I feel by doing this? And it became truly like my savior. There were so many dark nights where I wanted to cut and I was like, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. You said you couldn't do that anymore. And so I would just sit, I'd turn on music. I'd stand in front of my mirror and I'd do mirror work. And then as the music flowed, it was like, if I felt called to move and release to it, I would, and it's all been built from that space. Yeah, that's incredible.
0: <laughs> I, I, and I, I would think too, cause I was curious, you know, I knew about your gymnastics background. I forgot about the tango, but it's like gymnastics, very precise, very, you know, um, not formulaic, but precise, I guess is the right word. And then vibe, which we can talk about in a little more detail. It's like so, so different. (laughs) So to go from very precise and rigid to something that's more emotional, more from your soul, really, from your own body, it's self-sourced rather than following, you know, okay, was this, you know, somersault exactly what it was technically supposed to be? Technical, I guess is maybe the word I was looking for, to go from technical to that self-sourced place is, is so interesting. And Tang, even tango, it's like tango is very like passionate, emotional, whereas like you said, gymnastics is very, you know, you don't show emotion or pain or anything like that.
1: So mm-hmm. quite, quite an arc, <laughs> quite was, a journey. Uh, yes. Yes. It has been very much a journey, but like for me, tango was not passionate because I was 14 doing it with 50 year olds. <laughs> oh. <So>, like, <laughs> It wasn't that passionate yes yet. And I was so awkward in my body and who I was at that age that I really latched on to the technicality of Tango because I had that like understanding from gymnastics. And so I, I progressed really, really quickly because I could latch on to the technicality. And that's why I loved Tango so much was because mm-hmm. it felt like that bridge where it didn't feel too out of my comfort zone. And again, I could just focus on the technicality whenever I was uncomfortable, whenever I was like, Oh, I'm I've never been this close to like the opposite sex before. (laughs) Like, how do I get through all these things? I was like, you know, just focus on that. You're a good tango dancer. You can do this, the steps, the skills, you can learn it really quickly, but it did it at least open me up to the emotion. It opened me up to more fluidity and ease Mm -hmm. whereas gymnastics was very like go hard accelerate punch it like I don't know it was just like such a so different as you said and then vibe is like so different because gymnastics is supposed to look like something Mm -hmm. it's supposed to look perfect whereas vibe like it does not have to look like anything like it can just be you free-flowing and swaying and all of it can be happening in your head. Like I visualize so much while I vibe because I know what I can actually move like or used to be able to move like. So in my head, I can visualize me jumping and swirling and flipping and doing all these things. But if you were to only look at me, you're like, what is she doing? Like it doesn't (laughs) look like anything. And that's what's beautiful. It's an internal experience. Yes.
0: Yes. So tell us more. I mean, we talked about breath as kind of a switching to the parasympathetic nervous system, but talk about vibe, talk about movement and how if we wanted to take the first baby step and then tell us more about, you know, the vibe and embodiment system and and what you teach, but tell us how movement can kind of help to combat stress.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, A, you have like the really pragmatic side of the exercise benefits. Um, When you move your body, you release feel good endorphins and things throughout your body. So you have like the actual physical side of it. That when we move our bodies, our bodies are engineered to move. And so when we do that for three minutes, for 15 minutes to a couple songs, we are starting to activate that. We are starting to breathe more. We're moving lymph and blood flow through our body. So it's so nourishing in that way. But then we're getting out of our head. We're releasing for that three minutes. We're releasing what happened before the song, what's going to happen after the song. And we're just being in the moment. We're being present with how we feel, what's coming up for us, and that just allows us to tap into a state of flow, which is one of my most missed things from mm-hmm. doing And just like Mm. doing my skills and just like feeling this sense of oneness in my body, in my breath, with where I want to go with it and then following it. So, if you have this intuition of like, oh, I really want to wiggle my shoulders like this as I feel the beat happen like this, and then you do it, there's such this like endorphin rush of like, ah, look at, I said I, I felt like I wanted to move like this, and then I did it. And like I said, it doesn't have to look perfect. It doesn't have to look cute. It doesn't have to look like anything. It can be the most wonky feeling looking thing ever, but it's again, that internal experience. And with the vibe and embodiment immersion, it is eight weeks where we spend time with different topics each week. Um, so it's truly a- like what? Well, it's a coaching program paired with movement. Mm. So a lot of times with coaching, I'm just talking to my clients and I'm leading them through these exercises, but they're only using their brain to like try to figure it out. Whereas when we pair it with the movement, there's so many more memories and especially with music because music really ties and encodes emotional data into our body. Um, So when you hear that closing time song (laughs) at the end of a party or something, you're like, wow, I remember this one time in college, I was at this bar, right? Like this random memory can flood back to the surface that you then get a moment to process or to integrate it or to have gratitude for it in a different way. So in the immersion, it shifts a little bit every season that we do it, but the core of it is around Tapping into and feeling peace with your whole self. So two of the things, three of the things I'll say that we do mm. is one is timeline work. So that is like from you all the way from a baby, teenager, early adult, late adult, like your whole life, like what were the experiences that you had? Where did you feel constricted? Where did you feel like you couldn't move the way that you wanted to move? Um, not only in your physical body, but in your career and your relationships, etc. And you go through and we have journaling prompts and different things to build the awareness because there's five steps within the process. You build awareness, you learn how to connect to your body, you process the emotions and the events through movement, through the music. And then through that, you're integrating that into your being versus again, just stuffing it down and never looking at it again and ignoring it and pretending it doesn't exist. And that through integrating it, it allows you to expand into a more full version of yourself. So timeline work is a huge one for people to feel more peace and compassion. Cause a lot of time we shame and judge past versions of ourselves versus thanking them for getting us to where we are today. The second one that we do is parts work, is like, Is there a more confident version of myself? How can I tap into that part? Is there a more creative part I can tap into, right? One that allows me to just like tap my feet to the music or like do this different thing. And the third thing that we do is we really integrate the masculine and the feminine energy. Most of us are so used to living in the masculine, in the to-do, in the barreling through versus tapping into the feminine, which is the slowness, the intuition, learning how to just feel deeply in our bodies. And to have space for both of them and that we don't have to shame or get rid of one or the other, but it's like each of us have this energy. How can we really integrate it to be our best selves? Wow.
0: I've been in a couple of groups where we've done kind of some timeline work, not super deep, but getting into that exercise of like recognizing where you're coming from even though we think like, I know my story and you tell your story, but doing that timeline work too helps you to pinpoint maybe little stories that you've told yourself along the way. So I'm sure that that plays into even the parts work too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm just blown away every time when we share after the fact of like, what actually came up for these women. And for some of them, it's the first time they've done anything like that. And it's just so beautiful where they're like, wow, like I was able to really visit this time in my life that was really difficult and just see it with new eyes and have more compassion for myself or like thank myself for showing up in that way and like letting that be in the past but instead of like fully disconnecting from that version of me like realizing this one part of me was so valuable like I want to bring Mm. that forward till today versus most of us are like every part of me was bad back then like (laughs) (laughs) I'm a new person now can't ever relate with that past version. It's like, no, there's parts that you want to pull forward and parts where it's like, yeah, you helped me get here. Like we don't need those parts anymore. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Wow. That is such, such, such good work. And I'm so proud. So, so proud to watch you grow this and, and teach this because I think it's tremendously valuable. I think, like you said, we have a tendency to be like, I'm, I'm, evolving and I'm this now. And so I don't need to think about or recognize like these things that happened. And so bringing that together with, you know, your love of of movement, I think I just can't wait to see where it goes. So tell
1: us, tell everyone where we
0: can find you.
1: Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at vibe with Sam Schmuck. Um, you can find me online on my website, revived-living.com. And then one of my favorite other ways to reduce stress that we didn't talk about today, but that's okay. Cause <laughs> we could talk for literally hours and still never cover so many things. <laughs> But um, if you go, if you're a Facebook user still, um, you can find me at the Clean and Conscious Community. If you just search or do forward slash facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash clean and conscious by RL, um, you'll learn different ways to reduce toxins in your life, which ultimately put stress in our bodies. I just made homemade marshmallows
0: thanks to Sam's clean and conscious community. She posts different ways to, to reduce toxins in your environment and, you know, with grass fed gelatin. And so we made them last night. I haven't had them as soon as we close out. I'm going to go and make myself some, uh, hot cocoa with adaptogens and add my little marshmallow. And I just cannot wait. (laughs) I'm so excited. Oh, I can't wait to hear how it is. They
1: (laughs) they're so simple
0: so simple. Oh my gosh. And it's an excuse to get out that my big mixer that I never use and just like (laughs) push the button and be done.
1: Yes. I love it.
0: Bam. Thank you so, so, so much for being here. I am so thrilled to have you here and um, you're just such a joy. Thank you for talking with me today.
1: Thank you for having me on. I'm so grateful to get to share. All right. Thank you.
0: Oh, that was so good. I learned so much from Sam. I always do. so I hope you'll find her on Instagram at Vibe with Sam Schmuck. Give her a follow. I especially loved learning about sitting down for a meal or just the way that... We have trillions of cells in our body, they have a specific job, and stress and inflammation affect every cell, and it takes energy away from our body and the focus of our cells, which is usually healing, repairing, focusing on whatever their quote-unquote job is, right, if we have too much stress and inflammation, it takes those, it, it shifts, right? The energy and the, and the duties that those cells have to our bodies. So important to uh, learn to deal with stress um, in an easy way. So I hope that you'll, you've gotten some tools um, that you've learned from Sam today. And if you enjoyed this episode, give us a follow, rate and review on your favorite podcast app. And I will see you next time.